My name is Joe Houghton and this is the Plus One Podcast. And my guest today is Suzanne Buttimer, who runs the Rockwell Music Academy. Music or musical? Music Academy. I think that's right, Music isn't it? Academy, yeah. indeed, um, yeah. Based in Cashel, County Tipperary here in Ireland. Um, Suzanne is a different educator from any of the, the other guests that we've had on today. She teaches music and when I ask people to kind of tick off where they teach, she's got ticked every box apart from university and college. So we're in a different educational space today, which is lovely because, you know, that that's the idea of the podcast that we talk to lots of different educators. I was at a something that we both attended online recently and, and Suzanne did a little few minute inspirational piece, which she's going to share with us again later on. Um, and that's where I kind of like picked up on Suzanne and, and after that contacted her and said, would she would she come on? Because it was so different and it was so it was so novel. Um, certainly, certainly to me. So, so, so that that's all about music and, and one of her approaches to music. But let's kick off with your two-word inspiration. Um, so, you describe yourself as passionate and approachable. Well, I can attest to the second word there, because as soon as I contacted you, you were up for this, which is fantastic. But the first one, the passionate, that's a description word that more than one of the guests on the podcast have used. So so let's start there, Suzanne. Why do you need passion in teaching? And, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Joe. I really appreciate the invite. I'm excited to be here. Um, passionate. I suppose I, I aim to be convincing in my teaching and I think in order to be that I, I have to share my passion and and for me yeah. passion is more than just that than just a love for the instrument is it, it's it's all consuming or, or the subject so that's yeah. what I endeavor to try and share with 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 my students and has has music always been a thing with you what you know is this is this something that you kind of thought I'm going to make a lot of music if I, a lot of money if I do music so therefore that's what I'm going to do <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not money. <laughs> Let me just say that from the outset. No, I suppose it was all something I was going to do. I was brought up, um, lucky enough to be brought up in a very musical household where both my parents um, had a field of, you know, some somewhat of music lessons in their background from my grandparents. Um, and But it was really something that united us. You know, we, we every family uh, gathering or, you know, was, was always... It was around the piano, not around the the table, kind of thing, okay. you know. Um, yeah. And I I resented that um, initially. I will say I, I I think I cried every lesson until I was about eleven, and then realised I'm not going to win this battle, am I? So um, <laughs> I'm thankful for for a mother who sat there and and persisted um, with me. And I suppose the 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 aha moment or whatever came when I could play something that I wanted to play, like you know whatever it was, pop tune at the time or something, and I was smitten and, and I suppose also then very grateful um, for different opportunities that arose in my the schools that I attended and then the universities that I attended and, and have shaped my career. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, looking down the LinkedIn profile, the first experience you have um, in your list of experiences is, is Warsaw. So, so what took you to Warsaw? That's um, that's a long way from Tipperary, isn't it? It is indeed. Yeah, that was oh, that was a life move, really. Um, you know, I would say I'm a very unconventional. Uh, I was an unconventional student, and you know, the 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 way the way path life just took twists and turns. My husband, um, we we got married while in university, 
Um, so uh, he was doing a PhD and I, um, I had my first child at the end of third year and second child uh, graduated 36 weeks pregnant with him and another one 20 months later and then my husband dropped the bombshell he was going to set up business in Warsaw with the help of Enterprise Ireland. So we upped and moved with a three-year-old, two-year-old and five-month-old. Um, so when we arrived in Warsaw, a bit of a culture shock because, you know, back then, I know it doesn't seem so long ago, but back then it was a map, a 40-page map of the city. And, you know, you're driving on the other side of the road. There you go. Um, so I had to learn new language, you know, new, uh, could talk about a culture shock in every sense of the word. And I suppose I didn't settle there until I got my three smallies to preschool and found myself a job. And um, I started to work as a music specialist for North Anglia and I just loved it. It was absolutely amazing. It became home and I had colleagues and I felt challenged and yeah, it was a great opportunity. Fantastic. And what does a music specialist do? <laughs> so I had the joy of, of teaching right across all the spectrum. Like we had an early years campus um, yeah. right up to international IB. And I suppose as the music specialist, um, I was kind of providing um, lessons from uh, right across both sites um, you know so I had from let's say two and a half to 18 every key stage and age um, so it was it was super it was absolutely brilliant yeah and I mean my brother is a is a semi-professional musician and, and I've seen so I've seen him go through that process right yes and, and he plays the viola and the violin and the piano and, and, and actually any instrument he picks up he can play it's ridiculous sure. um yeah I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah but, but i mean do, do you play multiple instruments or is it is it just piano and and does that then translate into kind of being able to teach music because you sing as well don't you i think i'm seeing i saw singing I do, yeah. as well yes. yeah yeah, I do. I, I, yeah, I do. T I, I, I play several instruments. Am I, uh, you know, am I technically proficient in all of those instruments? No, I would never claim to be. Um, but I you know, that for ninety nine percent of people in the world, they would look at you on any instrument and go, "Wow, I wish I." Could. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there comes a point. Well, there came a point for me anyway at university where it was kind of like if I wanted to be able to, you know, take my finals and and give myself you know, the hours that go into, I don't need to tell you the hours that go into to practice. And um, yeah. it really needed to be, um, you know, I needed to choose. Um, and actually, I ended up ironically doing my finals on harpsichord, which was not my intention at all. Um, I simply discovered that I could read figured bass, which is the notation system for continuo basso and um, you know, with ease and ended up having to accompany a priest who had taken some years out to study church music. We got thrown in a room together and that was my, my final recital. And um, it was it was great, but not wasn't the plan. No. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. So, so, you know, if you if you were on a desert island and you could only take one instrument, what would you take? Uh, do you know what? I, I wouldn't. I'm fed up lugging furniture. I, it would be my voice. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> your voice. yeah yeah you can exactly. use that anytime yeah exactly yeah. yeah and it's an amazing instrument isn't it it's um, true it's, yeah it's lots I mean, to learn though i've done yeah. a little bit of singing but i mean nothing nothing particularly you know particularly good but um but yeah it's i have a to give us a party thing. piece oh no no <laughs> <laughs> Am I allowed I remember, to do that? I, have to turn I remember years ago we, we we were doing some fundraising for um Pieta House, 
in the early days of Pieta House. And uh, we'd, we'd done this, we'd set this concert up in Christchurch. And, uh, and I had a singer booked and, and she was coming and, and, and everything. And she was going to sing Hallelujah about halfway Lovely. through. Um, and she rang me 40 minutes before and she'd broken down in the rain. She was, you know, too far away to get there. Um, so I ended up having to do this piece. <laughs> <laughs> on 40 minutes notice <laughs> having <laughs> never practiced it with the organist <laughs> brilliant i love it yeah. <laughs> the but, spontaneity I mean, of that yeah um. <laughs> yeah um but i mean the performance is a wonderful thing isn't it and i mean i think you come back to this later on in your plus one you know that, that you you yes. need to perform you need to project yes. yourself there's yes. something very authentic about performing as well as kind of something it can it can be a persona can't it but it's also it's got to come from inside I don't know I, yeah I, I agree there is there's a bit of a juxtaposition there absolutely and I think that um you know for performance I was thinking about this as I walk in the dog this morning and um, performance is really like it's you get a natural high from it you know you, you know it, I, I'd say in in your experience of singing you know I know you're saying it's limited but there is why why are you drawn back you know, what, why do you want to do it? It's a bit like someone that runs marathons. Not that I know anything about that, but, you know, let's <laughs> let's face it. Scientifically, it's releasing, yeah. you know, the same endorphins, whatever. We're getting that natural high from it. And, you know, that's something I don't think people acknowledge enough um, that, yeah. that um, you know, we, we, we should all be performing. Yeah. I, I mean, I, the, the way I've always thought of singing is I, I, I'm never unhappy when I'm singing. True. It's almost impossible to yes, be unhappy. I agree. Isn't it? I actually use that in a in a warm up like try sing but while you're you know while you're while you're complaining. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of a different yeah. tonal type. Yeah. It is, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. 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 And I must Indeed. admit when I'm having a down day, one of my techniques, if you like, for getting myself out of that yes. one is go for a walk with the dog now. We have a new dog puppy now. Lovely. Um but but previous to that it's it's always been, yeah, you know, sing. Just put something yeah. on. It might be Dancing Queen, or you know, it, do yeah. it doesn't matter. But just just put something on and sing. But isn't that isn't that not worth you know? It's 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 acclaimed across the world. Or that Friday feeling is putting on the yeah. tunes, isn't it? In the kitchen, you know, like it, it it's it's yeah. to be life is to be celebrated, and and music is very much part of that. Yeah, yeah, and I I love the fact that you've come on because you know I wanted to include music somewhere in the podcast. So so when I saw what you what you showed, I thought. Brilliant. Yes. Yes, we, we can do this. We can do this. This jigsaw, this jigsaw <laughs> puzzle will come together. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> so, I mean, the Great. podcast is around innovative educators, and 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 you you do some innovative stuff because I'd never seen what you did before, um, and and I think you're going to maybe show us that now with a with a with a tune and whatever. Uh, so what's this thing you, you call it what graffiti analysis is that is that what yeah. you call it that's what i call it it's a very technical <laughs> term yeah <laughs> and uh, i can i can i just share my screen with you there please do yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely one second yeah. let's here. see how we go so i thought i would share with you what i call the graffiti analysis using a very familiar tune you know that this 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 is recognized worldwide regardless of what language you speak um, and i i have i have testament to that having worked abroad as well um, and i suppose i thought i'd take you through because it's short as well i take you through the process but obviously this you know what i'm calling graffiti analysis i would use the same technique to apply that to you know a beethoven symphony 
or whatever it, it, it you know it doesn't matter the length or the breadth of the work and um, this I, I use the same formula because for me I'm obviously a very visual learner and mm. sometimes when you see sheet music it can be very overwhelming you know you have 50 parts and you know it's 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 oh it's, huge. it's just so, too many dots isn't it yeah yeah and it's it's <laughs> like whoa it just looks like a barcode gone wrong and and mm. um, so I, like yeah I I, I think I've, I, I try to make it accessible for for everybody and I you know very often I work in community choirs and things like that and I, I'll often um try to explain it's not essential to read the music if you can if I can just highlight for you what I call this graffiti in a sense color coding if you like yeah. the points that I want you then to be able to translate or to, to interpret so I suppose ultimately the end goal is maybe about expression more right. than just being able to to read what's in front of you because that's a technical ability isn't it do you know what i mean it's it's for yes. me it's about the interpretation and how we can express something because you know um as a as a singer we can we can sing in our speech voice which is essentially nothing like if you think yes. of a child learning to read you know and um they use those biff and chip books i don't know if you if you know those when they go on a magic adventure and mm -hmm. i often use that and i'll say you know biff and chip went on a magic mm -hmm. adventure yes, well i have you know i have read the what's in front of me but my goodness me mm -hmm. the poor audience is asleep you know so we have to apply th this expression to to the music so and the people, first thing people seem to have people well, singers. Yes, I'm. I'm very often struck by when somebody opens their mouth to sing, what comes out is totally different yeah. to what comes out when they're speaking. It's like yeah. there's this different set of lungs inside them that they're kind <laughs> yeah. of. It's it's amazing. Isn't yeah. it amazing? Isn't it yeah. amazing? Like people that can sing devoid of of accent and all that type of thing. You know, I'm not talking. Of course, there are folk singers who are true to their set. You know, their yeah. their, their own accent. I remember, but... I remember when I first saw Adele. Yes. Yeah. You know, and and that was before she'd lost all her weight, but which yeah. doesn't matter either way. But I mean, sure. I, and the voice, her voice, just was completely unexpected to me. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and yeah. And who's who's um, who's the the lovely French, the old French singer? You never regret me. Uh, um, again, what did they call her? The sparrow. She was tiny. Yes. I know, I know. Yeah. I, like, I'm, I'm shocked by it. Actually, just my own students sometimes as well. You know, they come in, they're this, you know, tiny little kind of, in, you know, inhibited teenager, and the next thing yeah. they open their mouth, and you're like, "Who are you? <laughs> and what yeah. did you just do with Mary? You know, or whoever <laughs> you are." <laughs> Um, anyway, I'll, I'll take you through my my um, my yeah. graffiti analysis of of Happy Birthday. So the first thing in the green there is the opening, which we call an anacrusis or an upbeat. Okay, so to explain that, um, the meter of this piece it is three four, so it's three crotchet beats in a bar. So that was a that was a choice that the composer made. I believe this is attributed to two American sisters. Um, and they, you know, I think even just in choosing that meter, three, four, we know it as a waltz, um, papa, um, papa, don't we? Like, so in, okay, in straight yeah. away, that was, you know, that was a choice because a dance, you know, let's get our happy feet on, it's happy birthday. You know, do you know what I mean? We can, okay, we can straight, yeah. away, we can straight away get into that mood or the character that they're trying to, uh, trying to portray. So. The, this happy birthday, if you like, when the conductor would go indicate the speed, let's say to whoever was going to, to, to play this, let's say an orchestra was playing it, they would go one, two, three, one, two, happy. 
right? right. And you see what I'm doing there with my hands. I, the, yeah. the happy is the anacrusis. It's the upbeat, right? It's the up. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But notice what happens. So if, if we sing it, so one, two, happy birthday to, right? What I have done straight away, that anacrusis is actually an invite, isn't it? It's, it's inclusivity it's in music is what it is. Come it's going, sing it with me. One, yeah. two, happy. Yeah. And it's like they yeah. want to, yeah, they, they're inviting, they're welcoming people to the party. So that's the very first thing to note here, that, that anacrusis. So moving on from, from the next color code then is we have the, um, the rhythm, which I've indicated in purple. Um, so the rhythm as distinct from the pulse and meter. So the, the, the pulse of the meter is what's strict and the, um, the rhythm is what is, they're varying in length. Okay, right. so the happy, if you notice there, it's not all like happy birthday, yeah, it's happy birthday. Yeah. So do you, do you feel the vitality there? So that, yes. that's, that semi-quaver is kind of indicative of how we should articulate that word. It's not like happy, it's happy birthday, yeah? And yes. then notice on the other end of the phrase there where I have the blob that looks like this, that's not colored in, the U, that's elongated. So it's happy birthday to you. You see the yeah. way that it's it. So in other words, they're making it about the person. Yeah. So it's yeah. the emphasis on who is the birthday queen, who is the birthday king today. Do you know? It's like <laughs> you are. You yeah. Know? So right. I love this though. It's it, it's like the, the you know the music is telling us what to do. It's like the Google Maps. You know, yeah. all of the instructions are right there in front of you. Right. So then we go on to talk about the and um, the what's indicated in yellow here, the melodic shape. So. Yeah. This, this particular piece like is just basically very simple, broke into four different phrases or four different lines. And if you notice, each melodic shape is growing, yes? Until yeah. we get to the happy birthday, dear. That's the big moment, isn't that's it? The, they, you the, know, yeah. It's like the woohoo. So there's a big, there's an octave leap there. Look at the distance between those two notes. And it's, it's the climax of the piece. It is yeah. like the big, you know, this is, we're here to celebrate guys, this is it. So you've got to lift the roof off at that point. You yeah. know, that, that, and that again, is it, it's telling us what to do. I often talk about the rainbow point in a piece. That's right. the rainbow point. Yeah. That's the climactic moment. And they, you know, that's, that's our job then as a singer or, or a performer to really, to, to really emphasize that. And of course, they're traditionally then in the blue, which I've, I've highlighted here. So those are meant to be little ticks, which are obviously the breath marks at the end of each phrase, which is quite oh. simple, isn't it? Four, four, four phrases. But if you notice on the end of that third phrase, I've used a fermata, which is a pause essentially. So when we right. get to the dear Joe, well, we're all going to stop, aren't we, for a moment and, you know, go, Woo and then we sing, we sing the, the, the grand finale, the last line all over again, you know? Um, so again, there's that, there's the, the music is telling, it's not, it's not necessarily written there, but we can learn to interpret it through the notation and through the lyrics and through, you know, all things combined really. But when you see something in black and white, it, yeah. it, it's it, it's it's difficult it's that's what i suppose those are the skills i'm trying to teach i'm trying to put the color code on there and say this isn't rocket science everything's on the page telling you how to perform this even something as simple as happy birthday you know yeah. 
So you're reading between the lines, almost literally, you know, <laughs> literally. You're teaching us how to read between the lines, but using the other side of our brain, because you're, you're exactly. tapping into colour and visual and all that yes. stuff. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I think this, you know, if you noted there, the, the last um, colour I've, I've called structure. And of course, the structure is, you know, I, certainly when I was younger, I used to think that composers literally got a paintbrush and a bit of black paint, flicked it at the page and wherever the notes, you know, landed, <laughs> that that was music. You know, that yeah. that's what happened because no one ever told me otherwise, you know, yeah. that there was a structure behind this, that there there is a framework, that there is, you know, yes, there's a place for improvisation. And, and whatever but every composer has a precedent or premise from which they came and it's our job to tap into it you know and to be able to, to and to be able to interpret that yeah it's been it's been really interesting hearing that because my my brother got into music about a year ago my middle brother okay. I'm the eldest of three and and Andy has never played an instrument in his life He's never really sung. I mean, although we can all sing, but he, he's never really, you know, sung. Really. But sure. he, he got himself an, an electronic keyboard and he got himself, you know, the computer deck uh, thing. And he's now composing his own music. Class. He, he lays it down track by track. track. It's really interesting seeing how his, his early ones were just, you know, three or four tracks. And there was a, there was a beat and then there was a a bit of a rhythm going on and then there was maybe some flowery bits at the top or whatever sure. but now he's, he's got like 20 30 tracks going on and it's it's kind of you know quite complex and stuff it's, it's wonderful. really interesting it's wonderful what technology has has done for us as well you know i'm thinking of one particular student here similar experience yeah. and um just recently i had her dj for a, an outdoor gig we had here because she's just phenomenal she's yeah. absolutely phenomenal it sounds like you're in ibiza and she's just layered it layered you know tracks upon tracks upon tracks upon tracks but that's technology you know and and, and what it has enabled us to do and, and i know there are lots of you know there are lots of pros and, and cons to that but um you know yeah. for creativity it's wonderful wow so so to, let's talk about technology then, because, I mean, we're using technology today. I mean, we're, we're using Zoom and we're, you know, we're I don't know how many miles away from each other um, yeah. recording this podcast that's going out through all kinds of technology and stuff. I mean, music is as fundamental as you can get to the human experience, isn't it? I mean, yes, we we, we not sticks and sticks together when we were in caves and sang to each other and stuff. And we're still making music where where does it fit now in in music education do you do you use it do you point your students to it or is this something that they come to themselves where does technology fit yeah i i we do use it but to a degree uh, like I said, you know, the pros and cons for me, it's never going to replace the live experience, like for you to be able to go to uh, an orchestra, you know, hear a symphonic orchestra and, and feel the vibrations in your chair, like you're, yeah. you're never going to get that from from a computer, regardless of, you know, how good your sound man is. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I, I'm very wary of that, that I wouldn't be, you know, advocating for, let's say, a replacement of, of all my poor colleagues who, 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 who do that for a living. Um, but I I, I do use it in a classroom um, so something as simple as um, my iPhone, you know, we would um, use voice memos uh, where, for instance, because I'm teaching a lot of piano um, we would play one hand and record the left hand and that accelerates their learning because they can go home and basically play along with my bass line or my rehearsal track and they're hearing 
you know, in, in, in their head. So like that, it's just a very simple way in which we 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 use technology and um, obviously lending libraries and accessing music. That's phenomenal. We, we do that yes. um, here, you know, to be able, because obviously there's the big issue with copyright, et cetera, et cetera. And then also I, I thought about this actually when I was answering some of your questions earlier, you know, we, we would tell kids to go away and listen to recordings of their of of their pieces. So for instance, you know, if there was something on, on a grade eight exam, you know, Chopin Nocturne or whatever, and say, you know, can you go away, listen to this? And I always tell them, you know, you're so lucky if YouTube, you know, Apple Music, Spotify, just yeah. at your fingers. Like when I was back in the day, I had to go to the library, look up the CD, you know, borrow it, go home, put it on, listen to it. I said, everything's at your fingertips, you know. And you probably um, only have one one version of it then to listen to. Exactly. Whereas now you can go on YouTube and, and listen to 10 different versions. And and this is what, you know, what I'm trying to say to you about interpretation and expression. And, and they can't form their own voice if they haven't listened to the voices of others and that that's a very you know it's a, it's a very valid point but unfortunately there you know youtube is not regulated or standardized as to what is a good performance or a no. bad performance so as you can imagine for every you know lovely recording out there <laughs> there are lots that you don't want to use so i kind of you know it's kind of a fake news equivalent isn't it you know you're kind of like oh maybe avoid that one or can you let me know which particular you know artist you listen to or, or whatever yeah. so it is it has to be regulated um somewhat but yeah you know there is a place for it in the classroom obviously graffiti analysis i love i love the i love the um the color and i love the way that it engages you thinking about what's actually happening behind the scenes almost rather sure. than just, just you know the notes on the page so that's yeah. your that was one of your main focuses you you have another one that you called casting and i don't i've never i don't know what that term means this is totally new to me <laughs> so so wonderful i'm going to learn something more today again again another very technical term joe uh, no it's it i suppose it it's just a, a a strategy i've had to come up with um, in in while teaching i i've been lucky enough to work in several schools um rolling out um musical theater modules um, and as you can imagine, for for a school, they love their especially transition years because there's the time within within their their schedule for them to perform. Because obviously, right. a perform a performance, uh, some kind of a show, it raises the profile of the school, doesn't it? You know, it becomes a marketing tool. They can invite oh. parents. It, you know, it's like, yeah. yeah, it's very very important. And I and understand. It's a big, it's, and it's a big celebration event at the oh. end, isn't it? It, it, it's fabulous and, and like I really I really do enjoy it because you know it, this is when you talk about being creative my goodness you know you you really the sky's oh, the limit yeah. you know with what you can do with this um but of course as you can imagine I might be thrown into a group 75 kids and I have them for 10 weeks and once a week and we're going to put on a show yeah well I don't know their names never mind no. their <laughs> musical ability never mind have they you know it's like Okay, I have to come up with a strategy here, you know, and out of sheer kind of experience. Um, so what, what I tend to do is I, I actually um, implement the Irish Board of Speech and Dramas um, syllabus here, where they do a musical theatre ensemble exam. So the minute that they understand that this is a, a kind of an assessment based on a group, that it's that it's teamwork at its best. Yeah. So I'm I obviously set very clear parameters there that you know this is not just come in and sit in the corner. You know you you must be engaged and um, because we're we're all being marked here that helps. 
But then, of course, as you can imagine, I need a lead role. I need a sound man. Yeah. I need I need someone backstage. And I, I, how do I even begin to assign those roles? So obviously, I have my own like icebreakers and different things that, that I find that I can assess personality and I can you know see how they work as a group. But then I just love what happens with peer assessment. Like I, so I start throwing out questions and I'm like, so who here like who here can draw? you know, and think, oh, Peter, you're a great drawer. You know, yeah, I saw you. No, 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 I don't do that, I don't do that. So all of a sudden, just by asking questions, they're casting themselves. They're going, yes. well, so-and-so can can draw the, the, the backdrop. So-and-so is an amazing singer. So-and-so's Irish dancing last weekend, I saw she won such and such, and you're going, amazing. So I'm taking notes the whole time. And just as they start to have this fight amongst themselves, who's the best, you know, dancer, et cetera, et cetera, all of a sudden I have a cast list. And that yes. has to be done in such a short space of time, you know? And then also it allows me to tap into their interests. So I'm okay, I've picked up that so-and-so was Irish dancing. So I'm going, okay, well, how can I somehow incorporate their already acquired knowledge and skill into whatever dance routine that we're going to do as part of our, so our, you're our make you know, that dance routine an Irish dance. Yeah, sure. Or, or, or you know, whatever. that, that yeah. you can, you have this accumulated <laughs> learning, you know, it, it's simultaneous mm. learning. It's, it, it's, it's amazing. And, you know, I've thought about it lots and how every time I go in, I'm like, this will never happen. And of course on the 10th week, it happens. The, sh it does. the show must go on. The show yeah. must go on. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it does. And every time it works. And I just thought that that really can be applied to any classroom situation. Why are we not doing this right from the outset? So, you know, who here can whatever and start to assign those roles and give the student perhaps ownership of, of, of you know, of whatever that task may be. And that could be relevant in any subject, you know, in, in any subject and um, finding where their strengths and weaknesses are. And and really that that's actually, you know, it student led at its best, isn't it? You know, um, absolutely. So. There's there's a fear i suppose in some educators myself included when i started doing this that when you move away from sage on stage where you're the fount of knowledge and you're handing down the tablets of, of knowledge to to the waiting masses in front of you if you like you lose control yes and what if i don't know the answer what if i don't know everything how yeah. am i now going to be perceived you put yourself into a very different space with what you're yeah. describing, don't you? I, I agree. And you see, you have to embrace the chaos because, you know, in my head as an artist, you have to be you have to deconstruct before you can construct, you know, and that is the truth. And I think you know what you're mentioning there is a vulnerability. Um, yes. And, you know, that actually comes along with what I was saying about performance. You have to be willing to 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 let your students see you like that i actually just think it's, it's it's in essence proving you're a human being and like you know i i would i'm performing all the time for my students all the time like recitals i get up i do something and it might just be completely off the cuff i might just say oh, i'll have a go at sight reading this yeah and whatever because i feel if i make a mistake how i react how i respond is actually going to you know help them to deal yeah. with that because let's face it in every single recital there's a problem there's something well, happens something you know happens something, something happens you know, and and I see I'll... their teacher make a mistake and that's OK, kind yeah. of or, you know, it's not the end of the world. The sky exactly. doesn't fall in. Yeah, you respond and you react, you know, and I actually use the story. I was watching the BBC Young Musician of the Year way back um, and a 16 year old percussionist. She was just fabulous. And there she was 
given it loudly and did the drumstick fly out of her hand, right? In, on live TV, flying, right? Well, the composure with which that child, you know, walked up, lifted the drumstick, came back and just resumed as if nothing happened. Yeah. There was none of that like <gasps> moment, yeah. you know? And it's like, uh, that is such an important thing to teach. Well, certainly when, I, you know, cause I'm teaching performance the vast majority of the time, these things happen. We are humans, we are not yeah. robots. And yeah. it's how you respond and how you react. And, you know, so I think as an educator, I think that's very important for my kids to see that I'm just real. It happens to me all the time. You know? <laughs> that that reminds me of we did Joseph and the Amazing Technical Dreamcoat in Leicester yeah. Cathedral. It was the first time they'd ever let a school's production into the cathedral wow. to, do, to do a musical. That's brilliant. And, what a venue. And it was fantastic. I, I was one of the brothers. I wasn't I wasn't any of the lead characters. Um, and they cast Joseph in the El as Elvis. Oh, okay. brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So we had the big yeah, white, yeah. you know, gear on and the glitter and all the rest of it and the swagger. Yeah. And he was doing one of the big numbers up in the pulpit. Yeah. <laughs> and it was brilliant. like, it was, I think it was first night or whatever. So the, the cathedral is packed. Yeah. And right in the middle of the big number, the power goes out. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we have like a thousand people sitting in the dark okay? yep. and out of the silence yeah elvis's voice comes out <laughs> and says uh, just just hold on everybody everything will be okay just stay where you are like that. So, i thought you were going to tell me elvis like temporized for, for about three or four minutes this this guy just talked to talked to the the empty blackness around him yeah i love it and then and then the lights came back on yeah yeah and he he stood there for a second and he looked out at the sea of faces and he looked around at all of us standing up there in, in the stage kind of wondering what are we going to do next yeah. yeah and then he looked over at the conductor and he said okay take it from the top <laughs> and off we went together and he just that we, we launched him the thing again and, and i thought that was so good i've always remembered that and i was like 12 or something yeah <laughs> I, thought, I wish i could do that you know kind of wow yeah that's exactly and that's exactly what you're trying to teach is you to, to be able to think outside that box and mm. to be able to fill and i understand it is a very difficult thing to do you know we've we've all had those awful moments you know um on stage <laughs> but sure you know let's face it every teacher is on stage every day we've all yeah. had those moments haven't we cringe you oh, know yeah. but uh, it happens you know yeah yeah absolutely you mentioned a, a funny thing that happened to you that ended up with you doing some production on a on a roundabout T tell us about this 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 sounds like a good story that we need to hear. <laughs> it's just my it, it, it's just the past year you know it's like i, I know that some of some of the girls that i'm working with here are saying you know my goodness we'd we'd like to see inside your head or maybe not um <laughs> so obviously i was um i i was asked to do the the musical theater module with a local um school here and they happened to be um an hb school which had very strict policies on procedures on covid so you know obviously there were general guidelines by the government but then within the organization itself they had banned you know pretty much everything uh, and i was going how am i going to teach this in heaven's name like you know we, we can't we can't sing we can't dance we can't you know there's there was so it was so difficult to and try this was and... musical that you were yeah. supposed to do yes. yes 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 and you're going like how how we're gonna am do i going to do this, you know? oh, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I suggested a lip sync, it still didn't work. Anyway, so um, I was like, so we, we ended up um, from January, we were online anyway, because obviously the, the everywhere was shut down, we we're locked down. And we, so we, we were delivering the, the, the module, let's say the theory online, which was challenging in itself, but actually ended up being a great lead in to, to, to what we were doing, because in essence, they created costumes themselves, et cetera. You know, we were, we were able to do lots of the, you know, the history of musical theater, et cetera. Um, theory stuff and then it was like okay well do you think this is going to go ahead do you not think this is going to go ahead and you know you can imagine the hours that I had put into coming up with a show because you know you, you there, there's a lot goes on behind the scenes you know it, yeah. it it's you know I mentioned at the beginning that this passion it's all consuming believe me it is day and night you know um <laughs> And uh, so I was like, well, by hook by hook, I'm putting on that show. That is going to happen because I wanted the kids to to leave with this sense of finale. Like, what is the point in 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 just kind of like the you know not seeing this vision come to fruition? Yes. And um, you know, I'm so busy trying to design it and show it and share every aspect with them. And you know, I feel like a salesperson every day of the week. That's what I'm doing. I'm trying to sell them this concept. So I decided there's a big roundabout outside the school that we were going to make that our stage. So if you've seen The Greatest Showman, it's obviously based in a circus and it's about, so it was perfect. It was like, okay, we have to make this some kind of a tent. So I have a good friend. I thought you meant a roundabout that went round in a playing, you know, in a, in no, a, a, you, roundabout, you know, a roundabout that cars drive around. Yes, yeah. yes. And we did this. We performed this show in the middle of the day. I kid you not, tractors and everything going round, beep, beep. Yeah, it was fabulous. Absolutely amazing um, experience. And yeah, so like eight o'clock one morning uh, with, with, we obviously had run this by the local guards and everything. So we had all of their blessing. Um, basically made a, a wind sheeter, like a huge wind sheeter out of red dress lining that became our roundabout. So there I was with a mallet, yeah, and I'm like going around. We hung curtains off two trees, right? And 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 we had them like sequency curtains, and that was you know our kind of entrance and exit point. And the terrifying thing was that the wings, so as each performer would come on and off, was actually the footpath closest to the school. So they had to actually cross the road yeah. that was not closed as we were doing this. So was, yeah, yeah. So now we had plenty of staff on hand and all the rest of it, but we, we filmed the exam, we had a drone in the sky and they, I'm delighted to say they all got distinctions and it was, it was absolutely fabulous. And we had our show. Yeah. Yep. And so, what an experience. I mean, oh, this is what brilliant. it's about, isn't it? They'll never forget that. They'll, no. they'll remember that forever. No, they, they, and that's what I wanted to happen. Do you know what I mean? There's no point. I, I always feel really bad when things like that happen, you know, for, for whatever reason. And we can talk about management all day long, but, you know, things happen in schools and they're saying, oh, that has to be cut and that has to be cut. And I feel like I've just spent 10 weeks with these guys, you know, selling something and then they, they don't get to, to actually experience the, the live performance. So it was great. It was absolutely super and one we, I definitely won't forget. That's amazing. That's amazing. You, so... Performance is in your DNA. I mean, you see, you just live it, don't you? So, yep. why did you need to go to the Innovation Academy to learn about mm -hmm. creative education? Because, I mean, don't you sound to me to be one of the most creative, innovative educators I've come across. I mean, you're doing oh. it day in, day out. It's not, you're not teaching the same thing to the same people every day, are you? It's 
True. Um, I, I, I actually brought this up. I was one of the questions that I was uh, when I was at the course. To be honest, the course was a gift to me from me. Right. I, I, I tend to um, I, I have a job that's very anti-social hours. I, I mm. have a busy family life. And the fact the timing of the course was perfect. It was the month of June where my teaching commitments had kind of slacked off. And um, I, I, I just I love obviously love what I do. Um, and this this idea of, you know, creativity and innovation in education specifically was just I thought, gee, that is just me. You know, that that's just what I love. And all of a sudden I felt in the class that I was with, you know, 36 like minded people. It was just fabulous. But I think the difficulty for me and why I needed the course was that when you have no confines, no parameters, and in even in my case at the moment, I, I obviously I'm running my own school. I do work for for other for other um, organisations as well, um, in different capacities. But for the most part, I'm my own boss. How do you put structure on that creativity, and how do you design the the curriculum? That, that it doesn't just become out of control. Do you, know, do you know what I'm talking about embracing the chaos and I'm, I'm laughing about that, but like yeah. realistically, I, 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 that is a big fear of mine that, that it, would, it would just all become about the visionary and the dreamy and there's, ah, no, sub yeah. and there's no substance mm -hmm. to it, you know? Mm -hmm. and, I, and I really, and, and I, yeah, that, that's why I went for the course. Right, and what have you got out of it? It was it was great. It was a great experience. It was it was absolutely super. Um, you know, the, first of all, the community of practice like that that yeah. goes without saying. That's why, Amazing, why isn't it? The, oh, it's and did you have fabulous. different educators from different backgrounds and in your yeah. yeah? It was just great, and that for, for that festival of education, I suppose the team that I was with the longest, let's say, um, there. You know, we it's it's so funny. You're not in a room, but all of a sudden you feel like you've gelled, and everybody's strength comes to the fore without ever kind of questioning what's your background you know it just it, it just happened it just evolved and um i i love that so you know definitely i suppose i always felt that music was different we were the the weirdos on the side let's say the 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 odd ones, the black sheep, call us what you want. Um, but I really felt um, that whole sense of, hey, hey, this is applicable to us. This, yeah. this is like, this, this, like multidisciplinary, all these ideas are just fundamentally um, teaching and learning. That, that, that's what that's it is. It. it doesn't, you know, and, and I suppose that was the biggest eye opener for me and our biggest affirmation for me that actually I'm not the only one in the world that, you know, what, what we do can be quite a solitary existence. You know, yes. you're in a one to one. Um, and and I, I often use that as a selling point for parents because I would do I, I endeavor to have a lot of recitals and ensemble playing because I don't want that to happen. I don't want them to think that music is one room with one person. It's mm. so not. Mm. Um, uh, but I think as an educator and even you know, with my, for my colleagues here in the school as well, it's very important to have that that eye opener that I that I said I had. You know that yeah. that we're that we fit in. <laughs> I love that, and I mean, yeah, I mean the community thing is important yeah. isn't it? because I mean, you know, as a as a teacher primarily at university. Yes, I mean, I I taught for ten years at university, and I got to a point where I was lonely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. I was going in, I was teaching my students, I was coming home. There was very little contact with other stuff. Now, that's that was my fault as much as sure. anything else. Yeah, it, there's you lots of factors. Yeah. You get into a rut, don't you? And you go into yeah. college, you teach your class, you go home kind of thing. And you don't yeah. necessarily go to events that aren't in that, you know, sure. cycle and stuff. And I found actually COVID has made it easier to link yeah. out to 
quite a lot of different new communities of practice for me. Um, and it's one of the reasons I'm doing this whole podcast thing, because, I mean, I get to talk to you and I get to Which talk is, to you. I know it's yeah. a super initiative. I can see why it would be so enthralling, you know, it's like, it's yeah. great. Which yeah. is fantastic. Okay. So your, so, so the diploma was one of the steps in your personal CPD. Yes. Um, and you also mentioned something about a methodology that I'd never heard of. D Dalcrozy? Dalcrozy. Yeah, Dalcrozy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have a very limited knowledge of Dalcrozy. It's one of those things you always hear people throwing words out. Um, my understanding of it um, is experiencing music um, uh, using your body, like it's, it's a whole body experience. So as I say that, they teach music through movement. So, mm -hmm. um, and it's a lot to do with kind of your rhythmics and um, yeah, I think it's fascinating. Obviously, it can apply to any age and stage in life. I would have been familiar a little bit with it through early childhood development, where you know you're you're, which obviously we we know when you're trying to develop certain skills, uh, for, you know, motor skills, etc., with kids, we we would use it. But it's obviously applicable right throughout life and 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 a method of teaching. Um, so it's something that I would really like to to look into. And I suppose, as you've just said, COVID has made it a little bit easier for us to tap into these things. You know, I I hope that I can. Um, because we don't physically have to, you know, be in, be on, on, on location. Let's say so. The the course that I'm looking at doing in the UK may be possible for me to, um, to do it while while here. You know. Fantastic! Wow, and I love it because you're you're still learning. You're still looking for new stuff. You're not just saying I, I know my music. I can I can teach music. <laughs> that will never be me. I, I have the other problem, Joe. Yeah, I really do. I have. <laughs> It's like there aren't enough hours in the day for me, unfortunately. No. <laughs> I've always had something. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's 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 crazy stuff, isn't it? Um, wow. Um, right. I'm going to pick one of your five questions here, uh, and then yeah. I know we're running out of time. So that's so, fine. Yeah. Um, blah, blah, blah. Oddest instrument encountered. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us the story around this. And, and what. Yeah, it's it's not even a story. It's just when I was trying to think of of questions, you know, that that you could be. I, I suppose where did this come from? It's one of those moments, you know, where I was intrigued. Uh, that's what I was really trying to think about myself in the classroom. And it was when I was down in 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 UCC and Mel Mercier was playing the bones, and um I, I remember just sitting there well first of all he's a ph phenomenal player yeah. <laughs> um but but to also to to just think that you know where where those came from let's think about that you actually mentioned earlier about music being fund you know a fundamental human thing and you yes. know back to the cavemen all the rest of it i suppose that's really what was 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 so shocking for me that day i was like wow when you think about this what he's actually doing playing the bones and when and you say playing the bones there'll be people who don't know what you mean i don't know sorry what yeah yeah no, sorry so, 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 explain so. <laughs> what the bones are because I, 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 I assume they are bones are they <laughs> yes they are bones yes so animal bones so you would be um i think i i when I was saying in the, in, in the the question there, it's like bones slash spoons because I believe it's the same kind of approach. So it it's um, animal bones played right. between the fingers. Yeah, okay. so the play between fingers and there's obviously a really really difficult technique, um, that creates very fast rhythmic patterns. Um, a bit based like on that, players with that, with yes. that in their fingers. Yeah, indeed, uh, yeah. indeed. So so that um that 
in essence that that's what they do um so like for me that was one of those moments where i was like wow you know and and i obviously had lots of uh questions in my head you know like as to you know how did this even happen who decided one <laughs> one day to oh i'll have a go at this mm-hmm. and then how was that notated and how was that growing to to me getting a lecture in 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 ucc on you know and i know mel mel is now in in, in ul and and you know obviously ethnomusicology and studying music of other cultures is huge for him and um, but I yeah, yeah. it's 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 a really big thing but I, I suppose to go back to that mm. initial like wow factor when I when I lived in 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 Poland um because we're in an expat community you'd be sharing um you know things like oh so you know there's an English speaking swimming instructor and there's you know you're because you're always looking for so we passing around um numbers uh, for birthday entertainers so it's just like you could, you know, like this clown that you could hire for your, your kid's birthday party. And his show was playing the spoons. Well, oh my. my goodness me, that guy was not a clown. That guy was a phenomenal musician, like he was amazing, unbelievable. Yeah. And he literally, you know, obviously was entertaining kids, but it was it was just fascinating because all I could think of was back to Mel and the Bones yeah. and 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 how that they were ultimately doing the same thing. And I suppose for me then as an educator and how I bring that to the classroom, I think really what we're describing is a curiosity. Like you're always wanting to nurture that. Like they're coming and, you know, obviously 90% of my teaching, my examining or whatever is the piano. Like everybody mm-hmm. wants their kid to learn the piano. Um, and teenagers, it tends to be guitar um, or whatever, or maybe the drums. But, you know, there's so, I, I want the kids to explore instruments outside that. How can we say even culturally that we in Ireland here, we want to have a national symphony orchestra, but actually we only teach piano, guitar and drums. Yes. You know, you, we actually well, have other to, instruments that we need for an orchestra. We yeah. have to nurture that 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 curiosity <laughs> and that and, and actually bring that. And most kids have never seen a double bass. You know, I recently just bought a bassoon off a, of an ex-professional player in the UK so that we have it here that that the mm. kids can see what that is. My own son plays the tuba, which is obviously, you know, again, an unusual instrument. Um, I, I mentioned earlier that um, I did my finals on harpsichord and yeah. my husband bought me a harpsichord for my 30th birthday. Oh, and oh, oh, oh. Um, so we had this at home. And like, for me, like when we are teaching Bach, for instance, right? And it's on grade eight and you're there, it's on the piano syllabus. Well, hang on a minute. The piano wasn't even invented when that dude was around. So how, how can we? So you're like, right, guys. You know, you have to you have to play on this to 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 kind of get into that mind frame, like what the composer had heard, what the composer had intended, and so on, and make it really authentic. So, like, I suppose for me, I think that 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 was a really big thing. It's really trying to capture that curiosity and always trying to engage your student with something else when you feel that that period is coming where they're a bit like. Okay, this again. Uh-huh. You know that you need to you need to give that injection, reignite the fire somehow, and that's a great yeah. way of doing it. Yeah. So I mean, we've talked about it a little bit, but your 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 plus one for other educators was mm-hmm. perform for your students. Yeah. Yeah. Is it so important that they see you perform? I think so. Like I think so. I certainly think it's 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 my. It's my personal strategy. It's I, I think it's really, really important for them to, you know, if you want a, a, a student to open up to you, you have to open up to them, and, yeah. and that that's that's basically that's basically it. It's a it's a it's a form of communication, and mm. um, and I also think it's it's you know you, you mentioned earlier there about you know how that it, it's it's difficult to hand over that 
control or you know that, that you would feel vulnerable as an educator to do that but i i actually think there's it's quite empowering as a, a, as an as an educator to do that because you all of a sudden you have the room you have the audience do you know like if if you're if your class see you perform and that it doesn't you know i'm, I'm not saying do this every day obviously <laughs> you know but if it becomes that like wow there there's that engagement there's a respect there that and, and, and it can be it, it doesn't even have to be in any formal sense but I also believe that the performance should be a challenge what use is me performing for my kids and every single time that Suzanne's going to sit at the piano she's going to play the Moonlight Sonata yeah uh, okay we're bored of that now you know so let's 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 go for something else so like say it would be I don't know a language teacher say for instance and they say right okay I you know this week I'm going to mix it up and I have challenged myself to translate Ed Sheeran's whatever and yeah. you know you have you have a teenage room you have the room you have the room because they're like you have picked material that they you know instantly they know the recognize they, 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 they know that some, that's going to yeah. be a challenge for you <clears throat> because you don't necessarily listen to him and all of a sudden they're eager they're, they're like Oh, you know, even even if they even if it's they want to anticipate you're making a mistake, they want yeah. you to trip up, they want you to do it. But like, I just think there's Got something so yeah, there's there's something so fundamental about that. And for me, it's I think it's really important. And I don't see enough of it if I'm completely honest in schools that I don't. You know, it, there tends to still be very much the preachy preachy lecture type of teaching going on rather than you know than this performance. It's interesting. I mean, what you just said about kind of the fear from educators leads me to perhaps what we'll we'll kind of close on, which is, you know, the, the call to action um, that you mentioned in, in the, the kind of stuff I sent you beforehand. And, and you, you've just created a new course. Now, I'm a parent and I've got a nine year old and a 10 year old and, and they're talking about music and wanting yes. to learn music and stuff. And, and I'm thinking, yes, that would be fantastic but i'm terrified kind of because i i can't yeah. play the piano and and i can sing but i can't formally read music or anything like that and this sure. seems to be something that you've picked up on and you're doing something about so so tell us about this this new thing that you're doing yeah i suppose again this has just come out of experience like for instance if i like I, i'm from the north of ireland and um my own kids have had to learn irish Okay, well, obviously, I wasn't. Yeah, I know. School, and I mean, I'm, right? just, like, it's and I'm just like, yeah. you know, I'm there trying to find every app under the sun mm. and, you know, trying to ask the spellings and you're yes. like, oh, here, you know, it, it's, it's, it's actually becomes a frustrating part of the homework process. And, you know, obviously, parents ask your advice a lot, even right back to, you know, what instrument should I choose for my child? Yes. Well, like, you know, I don't have a crystal ball into your home to know what, what the <laughs> instrument your child is. But all I can do is share my insights with you do you know what I mean and I suppose I have maybe didn't have the confidence before because I thought well you know what what could I tell people but actually I suppose I have an informed you know it, it, how many 20 something years of teaching now where I can actually say well if your child has difficulties with coordination the piano is not for them it's no. two hands you're doing your and, and then feet yeah, and, and feet. you're doing all of yes. that at the one time and it's like well you know so they I could straight away say Pick a single line instrument, you know, where, where you just have to deal with one line of music at, the, yeah. at a time. And whatever, you know, that's just an that's just one example. Or if you're saying, you know, as, as a parent, you'd be going, OK, well, I can't read notation. And how am I going to help my child? Well, obviously, 
we could, you know, I can give you lots of different resources, but be it books, apps, whatever that you could look at together. Or again, it it doesn't necessarily have to be that you're reading. At the end of the day, it's your child learning music, but you can support them in so many other ways than than actually sitting down to read the music because that's a very small part of it at the end of the day. Um, I would rather see you rather than being able to to be literate in 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 music notation. I would rather see you instill the discipline of good practice. Do you know right. what I mean? Like that they have a practice routine and why that's so important. And then of course there goes we could you know the sky's the limit with this because you've mentioned already about singing. Well, obviously the health of your voice. You know, like I have a very loud 15 year old who is very involved in sports, but loves to sing as well. So I constantly have to remind her that, you know, hang on a minute, screaming and yelling for, you know, the 90 minutes that you've just played on there is not going to help your singing lesson tomorrow. (laughs) You know, you know, I know it's obvious, but there are ways in which you can control that and, and suggest, you know, taking care of ultimately the instrument here. So, you know, other things, practical solutions, like we discovered teaching on Zoom, the amount of violin strings and guitar strings that were broken in the in the space and parents never clue how to fix it ah right so just simple stuff like that yeah like show people how to string your guitar show them how to string if this happens life happens your younger baby sister ping you know well this is what to do so i suppose that really is it's come out of different scenarios that that i've encountered over my over my years of of teaching that you know Well, um, so that's going to be up on Eventbrite and on the Rockwell Academy um, Music Academy site. So I'll put it. I'll I'll put a link in the show notes to that. Oh, brilliant! Um, And I should probably sign up for that as well. Um, Oh, I'd love to see you on there, Joe. As long as you can smile and reassure me that everything's (laughs) okay. That's that's fantastic. (laughs) Right. Well, look, I know. I know we're over time. uh, I'm showing an hour and eight minutes on my time mode, but I think I I was running a few minutes before we started. So that's okay. Suzanne, that's been brilliant. I, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed um, hearing about music education. And just like you said, there's so many connections. You're not you're not the odd one out. It's yes. all the same, you know, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is, yeah, it is. It is yeah. absolutely. And, and you know, again, it was yeah, an amazing experience to be involved with the, the Innovation Academy. And um, it was great to great to meet you. And thanks very much for the for the opportunity. Well, I think we shall. Uh, I think we shall stay in touch. But uh, yeah, thanks for great. coming on today. I really do appreciate do that. You being here. All yeah. the best. Thanks. Bye bye now. Bye. bye.